Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, good morning, and uh, he's coming. The end is coming, and I would say the end is near. When I went to see <laughs> Top Gun <laughs> with my wife, we're sitting, and it was right after it opened, you know, it came out, and uh, we hadn't read reviews or anything, really talked to anybody. I just want to go see it. And we're sitting there, and I don't want to give it away, but there's a tense spot or two in the movie, and you're not sure what's going to happen. I look over, and right in the most intense time, my wife is on her phone. <laughs> and I said, Rachel, what, what are you doing? She goes, I want to know how it ends. And I said, what difference does that make? I'm not watching if it doesn't end like I want it to end. <laughs> to this day, Friday night, we're, we're on Netflix and we're going to watch a movie. And she's over there and said, what are, you, what are you doing? She said, I want to see how this one ends. I said, oh my goodness. Now, every movie, it all depends on how it ends. But you know what? She's right. And we know the end. Jesus is coming. We're going to win. We're going to be okay. He is victorious. That's the end. And so everything about this series is intended to encourage you, not to scare you. Quit scaring the children. Yes, there are going to be moments of difficulty, but we have that now, right? But man, in those moments of difficulties, when you learn to trust Him, that's when you learn to lean into Him. So when you think about where do you go in the Bible to really see what are the signs? When you hear people say, like I say it, I think we're living in the last days. What, what are my signs? What, what am I looking for that's evidence of that? I, this is where I go. I go to Mark chapter 13. And so if you've got a Bible, if you've got Scripture, I want you to go to Mark 13. Let me tell you why I go there. This is Jesus answering a question about the end times. He was asked. And so he's going to answer, and, and that's what we're going to read together. Now, you could also use Mark, uh, Mark 13 as one. That's where we're going to be. Matthew 24 is another one. And then Luke 21, those are all parallel passages, and they all are the same moment where Jesus is describing the end. Someone may say, well, what about the book of Revelation? The book of Revelation was a vision given to John on the Isle of Patmos, and, and he was on an island out in the middle of the sea because he was preaching the gospel. And Rome was pretty much killing Christians, beating Christians up. I mean, it was a bully atmosphere for sure for Christians. And so God wanted to give him a glimpse of what is to come to encourage him. But it's written in what we call apocalyptic language which means it has some symbols in it, it has some literal in it, and it's a mixture of all of that together. So here's what I do. In fact, John Calvin, you ever heard of that name, John Calvin? John Calvin was one of the great church fathers, we would call him. He was a great thinker, expositor of the Scriptures. And uh, John, a lot of people attribute a lot of the Reformation uh, 
at least the back side of it to John Calvin. John Calvin wrote a commentary on every book in the Bible, except one. You want to guess which one he didn't write a commentary on? Revelation. This is what John Calvin wrote. Only God knows, period. Now, the reason he did that is because it was his way of saying it's a very complicated book. So here's a principle of interpretation. When you're reading something that's very difficult to understand, is there another passage that's easier to understand that helps you to see what that particular passage is saying? Yes. Mark 13 helps us understand a lot of what Revelation is saying. Not everything, but it helps give us in clear, precise language. So that's where we're going to go. If you're on the stream, we're so glad to have you. We appreciate you, and we're very thankful to have you. And I want to make sure that you've got access to either your phone or something to get Mark 13, all right? Just the first 13 verses. But let me show you the timeline. Let's go back to the timeline to kind of get it in our mind. This is what we're talking about. From creation and the fall that separated us from God, broke everything, literally our planet as well. Jesus comes, there will be a period of tribulation. We'll read about that. And then one day there will be a thousand year reign of Christ on this earth. And then there will be a final judgment. And then those of us who know Christ will enter into what we call a new heaven, a new earth. It'll be the garden as it was supposed to be. Okay. There was a tree of life there and a tree of life there. And we get to partake of everything. Here is the question I got asked last weekend. But where is Jesus coming? Did any of you think that when you saw it last weekend? You're looking at it and you're going, where is this coming? That's a great question. When is he? Where is it? Let me show you. We're going to break it down later. Jesus coming we know for sure will be before he reigns on this earth for a thousand years. Okay, we, we know that. But there is possibility that he comes before tribulation to take the church. It's called the rapture. It's not a word that's in the Bible. It's a Latin word. But it's an idea that's in the Bible. And so we'll talk about, well, well does he come here and there? Maybe. We're going to read Mark 13. He doesn't mention two comings. He mentions one. But this is what he says we need to be ready for. Because these are the signs. All right? So I'm going to read the text with you. Hopefully you've got it. Chapter 13, verse 1. And he came out of the temple, and one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said, You see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say, see to it that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I'm he, and they will lead astray many. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. 
There, these are the beginnings of birth pains. Be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils. You will be beaten in synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, don't be anxious beforehand about what you're going to say. But say whatever's given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother is going to be delivered and deliver his brother over to death. And father, deliver his child. Children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But for the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. May the Lord add his blessing to his teaching. Now, the reason we stop in that place is because immediately after that, he gives more precise signs that are closer to his actual coming. And so let me just say, what we're talking about now is happening literally from the time he died somewhere in this. Is it a part of the tribulation? Could be. But we know that he will discuss things in this chapter that we'll look at later that are really a part of the, what, what is called the Great Tribulation. Some refer to it as that. It just means it gets really tough. Okay? So let me give you the setting of this. It's interesting to me that Jesus and Paul and John, Peter, Simon Peter, all of them that wrote books in the New Testament, when they wrote about the end times, it was always in response to a question. In other words, it was not like this was the main body of stuff you need to get. No, it was always a question about, hey, what, when's that happening? What's going to happen? And the reason that Jesus taught this to us, follow me, is so we will be calm. It'll be okay. When you take your kids on a trip someplace they've never been, there are times surprise is great, but there are times you need to kind of prepare them, right? Just so that they're not going to get overwhelmed with the moment and just, hey, this, it's, it's going to be a little crazy, but just remember, you're going to be okay. That's why he shows us the end. I mean, it's a simple principle. Rachel enjoys the movie if I know the end. Jesus wants you to enjoy the movie. He wants you to enjoy the life. Because there's a lot that we are to do. When he said, you see that temple? They were bragging on it. When you see, he said, you see that temple? There's going to be a time when one stone's not left on another. I know for us, we read that like, oh, well, they knocked down a 7-Eleven. No. No. It's the temple. It's the second temple. It took 47 years to build the second temple temple. And it wasn't even a build. It was a remodel. 47 years. Let me show you how big one of the stones was. If you've ever been to Israel, you might have had the privilege in going in the tunnel and, and you've seen this stone. It is unbelievable. So I'm going to show you the dimensions of it. If you start where this screen starts over here, okay, start with that blue screen, go all the way to where the guitar is, the other end of the screen. That's the length of one of the stones. Let me show you the width, 15 feet wide. And ha ha, 10 feet high. 
One stone weighed 1.2 million pounds. And they were stacked. Now you tell me how that's going to get knocked down. When they heard him say that, I'll tell you what it was like. 20 years ago, let's say 1999 for those of us who were alive then. If somebody walked up to you on the street and said, you know what, they're going to fly a plane into the World Trade Center. They're going, to, they're going to fly planes in, they're going to fly a plane into Washington, and they're going to hit the Pentagon, and they're going to try to hit the Capitol. And they're going to kill three, over 3,000 people. What would you have thought? No way. Not this country. In fact, the morning that it happened, do you remember your reaction when you first heard that? Okay, think, think that way, and that's what these disciples were thinking. You've got to be kidding me. This building, the, the temple is going to be just, yes, yes. So he gives them kind of the what's happening. Now, here's the big question about Mark 13. Are all these things going to happen in 70 A.D. when they destroyed that temple? Or is it that they're going to happen one day later, maybe in our lifetime or even before the end? And the answer is yes. There's some who think it just was 70 A.D. when they destroyed the temple, that everything Jesus talked about in this chapter is done. I don't believe that. And there's some who believe it's all in the future. It's all in the future, meaning it's, it's, it hadn't happened yet. It's going to happen one day. No, no, no. It happened in 70 A.D. But there's this beautiful principle called already but not yet, meaning it already happened, but it's going to happen again. So it's almost like <clears throat> the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD is kind of a glimpse into what it might be like one day. So here's Jesus saying, look, just watch. There are 19 imperatives in this chapter, 19 commands. And he says over and over, just, just watch. Just be aware, be ready. So I want to show you, if, I had to, if somebody walked up and said, what are the three signs that Jesus said we're to watch for that will signal the end, okay? Here they are, three things. And I'm going to put them all up so you can see them together. Number one, destructive physical events, like a temple falling down. Destructive physical events. Second one, disturbing spiritual realities. And the third declaration of the gospel to all the world. If I took this chapter and tried to sum it up in three signs, these would be the three signs. And the first one is just there's going to be stuff happening that we've never seen happen. And it's going to be physical things like earthquakes, like wars, like natural catastrophic events like they would have thought the temple falling down. So all of those things, he said, these things are going to happen. And, and then he makes this statement, he said, but now these are the birth pangs. This isn't the end, but it is like we're in labor. So you ladies in the room, tell me, when you started labor, was it just a few minutes before the baby was born? Not, didn't go that way with you? 
I would love to know the longest, the woman who went the longest in labor in Israel. We need to give you an award. I mean, it, it's, it's unthinkable that a woman could go that long with birth pains, but that's the nature of the body, right? Jesus knew that. That's what he's talking about. When you start seeing these things, and guess what? We're seeing every one of these things. Are we hearing about wars and rumors of war? Of course. But every one of these things has been happening. Go back to the timeline. It's been happening since Jesus was here. It started happening immediately. So was Jesus trying to say immediately, you need to get ready? Yep, he was. Because there's rumors of wars, there's earthquakes, there's famines. Now we have weather issues. I mean, I don't know where you were last night about six o'clock, but if you were in the wrong place, you would have thought the end was near. I mean, if you've never grown up here or you had not been here long in Central Florida, welcome to the lightning capital of the U.S. I mean, it can get violent just like that. And so there's going to be more weird things happening in that. Droughts, floods. It's going to happen. Because you remember this earth was broken by sin too. And so all of this is manifesting itself in a really crazy place. And I don't even have to go to the place called COVID. Pandemics? I mean, my goodness, I, now we're hearing every variant. And I looked at Rachel and I said, gosh, did we never have viruses before? I mean, all of a sudden now we got them all named. I had some back when I was in high school. I wish I could have had a name on them because I didn't know what I had. And, and you know what I'm talking about. We, it's, it's like everything is on the increase. And it is. It is. But he said, hey, these are just the birth pangs. That's the first sign. Second one, disturbing spiritual realities. This is the one that's hard. He first says, there's going to be a lot of people saying that they're the Messiah. They're going to be walking around saying, I got the truth. They're going to be a teacher that really captures your attention. And I don't think he's talking about a guy that's, you know, you know he's a little bit off and he's, he's struggling with life and he's down on the street corner holding a sign up saying, I'm the Messiah. I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about. I think he's talking about people who actually make sense and actually have people following them. And the way they measure their success is how many followers they have. That sound familiar? I think all of that sets up the Antichrist when he makes his appearance. Because we know as a part of this tribulation and a part of right before Jesus' return, there will be the manifestation of an antichrist, a person, maybe more than one, who really deceives people and they got a whole bunch of followers. And I think Jesus was just saying, hey guys, be careful. There's going to be a lot of people out there telling you they are the Messiah. And then he said, and this is not the fun part, church. Let's just be serious and honest. You're going to be persecuted. And you know what he tells them? I mean, it's strong. He said, you're going to be persecuted and you're going to get called in and beaten by the Jews. You're going to get called into synagogues. You're going to have to appear before councils. But don't worry about what you're going to say, because in that moment, the Holy Spirit is going to speak through you. Listen, look at this. Even in that warning, Jesus is given grace. He's like, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to put words in your mouth. But you're going to be called into synagogues. You're going to be called into councils. You're going to, be, you're going to have to give an account. The church is going to be persecuted. And by the way, 
the church already is persecuted. In case you haven't been reminded lately, every year in this world, according to the voice of the martyrs, 150,000 people die because they wouldn't deny the name of Jesus. So when I say tribulation has already begun, at least parts of it, that's what I mean. It's crazy for the American church to go, oh gosh, I hope we never have persecution. Man, I, what would, God's not going to let his church get persecuted. What? Do you know when the worst season of persecution in history so far has been? Right here. The years immediately after Jesus left, the church was persecuted. You remember how Paul died? He got his head cut off. And, and, and there, there's all kinds of stories of the martyrs in the first and second century that died for the name of Jesus. So let me just say this. This is happening. And it's been happening. But he's saying, don't worry about it. I'm going to be with you. I love that verse about don't worry about what to say. I'm going to give it to you when you get in that moment. I just want to warn you. That's not a promise to every teacher in this room, every speaker for being lazy and not doing your research and get up and say, okay, God, I need a little help here. I did it once. In fact, I did it more than once. But I remember one time I said, Lord, I'm just going to believe that. That's my verse. I'm going to believe that. You're going to give me what to say in that moment. So, Lord, just clear my mind. And let me tell you, he did. <laughs> he cleared it. And in the moment in front of this church, I'm like, okay, Lord, I really need that promise. And he goes, David, I was talking about persecution. I said, well, Lord, you, you know a Baptist church, right? I mean, you realize how tough these people are. I just remember being scolded in my spirit. That's not a promise that I don't need to do my homework or get ready and spiritually prepare myself. That's a promise of something happening that I never thought would happen, and I'm on the spot, and I've got to say something then God will give you what to say in that moment. And so this persecution, it begins to move. Now, what I need to prepare you for is, God's Christianity is not going to be mainstream. In fact, I'm not sure it's mainstream today. There will be constant pressure against Christianity, and it will be almost moved to the back burner. Can I, can I just show you one thing that a guy gave me in this church? I was shocked. In fact, I tried to argue that it wasn't real, and I actually have a picture of it. I mean, it's real. This is a report card, a report card from 1941 and 42, okay? Orange County Public Schools, Orange County Public Schools right here. The report card has the student's name, has what classification, what high school, and then it goes in and gives the grade. But let me read the paragraph at the top of every report card. It is not only highly important for all pupils to attend day school regularly, day school, but we feel that it is almost essential, also most essential, for them to, to attend Sunday school and church regularly. Spiritual lag is one of the greatest handicaps an individual can have. That's on every report card in the 40s in Orange County. 
Do you, have you noticed a report card lately? It's not there. I don't want to discourage you because I think we got to do all we can. In fact, I, we are swimming upstream. And he told us that. You're going to be persecuted. They're going to not like you because you know me. They're going to hate you because of me. But that's okay. I saw a duck one time, true story. A pond was freezing. Some of you that live in places where things freeze, you know, you know this story. Pond is freezing. And this duck was in the middle of that pond. And there was one place in that pond that wasn't frozen. That duck was swimming around. He was just swimming in circles, paddling away. Why? To make sure that it didn't freeze all the way. Sometimes I feel like we just need to keep paddling. There is nothing ever wrong with standing for what is right and holding out the light of Jesus Christ. There's nothing ever wrong with that. Never. But don't get discouraged. And don't be in shock when you see a drift of the world away from Christ. That's what Jesus is trying to say. He said, hey, and by the way, I got good news. Whoever perseveres to the end will be saved. And that's not questioning your salvation. That's promising you, if you're saved, you're going to make it. If you belong to him, you're going to be okay. And then the last sign is probably one of the hardest. And I say the last sign, it comes within the context of this spiritual brokenness. It's the word apostasy in the church. And now that word apostasy, that's a, that's a big name, big word. It means turning away from Jesus in the church. Back in the day, we called it backsliding. Anybody remember that term? Backsliding. Sometimes in scripture, it's called falling away. It basically means when the passion is gone, and there's not the same love for Jesus there used to be in the church. So I think he's talking about the church. Matthew says it this way. Matthew 24, same account, just a different gospel telling it. Matthew 24 says this, and then many will fall away and betray one another. And they'll hate one another. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Do you think all churches are good at loving one another? You think in the kingdom today, with all the different approaches we have and all the different denominations, we're really good at supporting one another and standing by one another and praying for one another? Nope. I think we're seeing this. And what makes it even worse, let me go to what Paul told Timothy. The last book the apostle Paul wrote was 2 Timothy. And Timothy was a pastor in Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey, okay? This is what he told Timothy about the last days. But understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty where people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless. We need to stop and have prayer. Man, this is, this, what a list. And you know what? You're on this list. I'm on this list. This is to the church. This is not describing Wall Street. This is not describing Main Street. This is describing John Young. 
This is describing every church and brutal. <laughs> Look at this. Brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, and in case it, you didn't think it could get worse, swollen with conceit. Huh. I don't see any pride in the kingdom today. Surely there's no arrogance. There's no ego. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness. Oh, no, no. We look godly. But we're not. We deny its power. He said that's coming in the last days. I think that is one of the most troubling things. And I'm on that list. And you're on that list. Now, now here's my encouragement. Just because we know that's going to happen and that's going to be one of the signs doesn't mean you have to be a part of it. You follow me? There has always been a remnant. There's all, and that rem word remnant just means there's always been a group that said, you know what, we're not going to be like the rest. Man, I'd love to be in that number. Just because that's where it's headed, I don't want to go there. So the last sign, the declaration of the gospel, what is that? Jesus said, I'm not coming until everybody has had a chance to know my name. I'm not coming until everyone has a chance to hear the gospel. That's verse 10. But let me show you what it is in Matthew. In Matthew, in that chapter 24, it's verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. In my opinion, this is the most definitive sign. All the others are happening now. But this one, I, I personally think the reason he has not returned, the reason that it's, it's not already over, is because he wills that none should perish. You're going to hear about that next week. I really believe that God in his loving kindness, in his patience, in his forbearance, in his love for mankind is waiting for all to have the chance to hear the gospel. And last we checked, what we know, which is little, there are 3.2 billion who have never heard the name of Jesus. But see, technology is changing that. The Jesus film, Thank You Crew, or giving us a tool that could be taken to places that the gospel had never been. I mean, there's all kinds of advancement in the mission of the church. So I, I'm standing here and tell you, I don't know when that moment's going to come. But I do believe what Michael Heiser said, a professor who does a lot of work in angel, angelology, demonology. And I mean, he's just a brilliant guy that I've found. I listen to his podcast. He's got a great podcast called The Naked Bible. Here's what he said. He was asked the question, what are demons doing today? What's the strategy of the enemy? This spiritual war that's going on, what's the strategy right now? And he said, I believe with all my heart, the strategy is keep the church from accomplishing the mission. And you know why? Because every demon knows when Jesus comes, it's over. It's game over. Demons, you're out, you're done. You're going to hell where you belong. And so every demon, Satan, is trying to figure out how to stop the spread of the gospel because even Satan knows that's what he's waiting on. So if you want Jesus to come, let's go tell the world. If we want Jesus to come, let's let everybody know. Give everybody a chance 
to hear the gospel. And church, do not let the enemy distract us. We have a mission. And the mission is share the good news. And I promise you, every distraction comes from the father of lies, not the father of us all. He wants to distract us from the mission. That's the, the ploy of the enemy. And so this morning, how, how do we, what are we supposed to do with this? Number one, be watchful. Just be aware. Be watchful. Live like God's in control. You know why? Because he is. I mean, who tells you the way your life is going to go and the way it's going to end? God has said, I got this. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to get crazy, but that's okay. I'm in control. Second thing, be faithful. Be faithful. What does that mean? Stop worrying and start living. Enjoy life. And never forget the mission that he's given us to share Jesus with as many as we can. And then the last one, be hopeful. I don't know if you remember, there was a moment in the life of Jesus when he was about to ascend, and he did ascend, Acts chapter 1. And when he ascends back to heaven, as he's going up into heaven, you got disciples standing around, they're just staring like we would be. I mean, imagine a rocket launch. How, how incredible that is. We're just staring at it. <laughs> so they're just staring. And all of a sudden, these angels show up and they said, hey, guys, what are y'all looking at? This same Jesus? He's coming back. And you got a mission. Go do it. So let me tell you, I'm not fascinated with the numbers, not fascinated with dates, I'm not fascinated with trying to figure all this out. God will take care of that. I have a mission. You have a mission. We know he's coming back. What else do we need to know? Am I right? What else do we need to know? Let's just accomplish the mission. Here's the way we ought to live. This was attributed to Martin Luther. I'm not sure that Martin Luther said it, but here's what attributed to him. Live as if he died yesterday, rose this morning, and is coming tomorrow. We ought to live that way. Because you know why? My wife already checked the ending, and it's great. <laughs> so let's live that way. Now, today... If there's someone in this room and you've never put your faith in Christ, you've never said, Jesus, I believe. I don't think you're ready. In fact, I know you're not ready. Can we bow together? And even those of you on the stream, let's just all bow just for a moment. And there are some that have never settled that once and for all. Jesus, I believe. And I want to lead you in a simple prayer. And it goes like this. Jesus, I believe you are the Messiah. Just tell him, Jesus, I believe you came and died for me on a cross. And I believe you were buried and were raised on the third day. And Jesus, I believe you're coming again. Today, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I need you. And there may be some in the room that you've already done that. But maybe for you, it's just a matter of realizing, you know what, I'm not living the way I should. I, I've been worried about a mission. I've been worried about every day. Hey, don't worry. Jesus has got this. Just live for him. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for everyone in this room. Thank you for those on the stream. 
And God, help us all to just be ready to be watchful, to be faithful, and to be hopeful. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, look this way a moment. If you, uh, you want to have a conversation with one of us, maybe it's about joining a church, about getting involved somewhere. We got folks on either side in the lobbies. They'd love to have that conversation with you. You can also text us, text the word CONNECT to 40777. We'll have someone follow up and connect with you. And I want to thank you for being here. Jesus is coming. Let's go enjoy this day. All right. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.